This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Dennis, the great Jimmy Connors is on the line. Jimmy! Dennis Miller! What are you doing, son? Boy, I miss you, brother. The, the, the Rona threw Jimmy and I for a loop because my son came home to live because his job and his school closed. And uh, after, it's an unexpected joy to have hiking time with your kids. So I started hiking with him, but I haven't seen my boy Jim in a long time. And I know he's been busy. This is Jimmy Connors, uh, one of my uh, best friends in the world. He's on Twitter at Jimmy Connors and his Advantage Connors podcasts with his son Brett is on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. And he is loved, uh, married to the lovely Patty. And uh, this is Jimmy Connors. Jimbo, how are you? Always good to be with you, son. I, I miss the hikes. We got to get yeah. back into it. Well, you know, my boy's go he is going back, so uh, I'm footloose and frenzy free starting. Well, I'm away for, I'm going to go on vacay maybe. So and sometime in the next two weeks, man, we'll have to hit it. I miss you, and i got to catch up. Let's do it. How's, how's yeah. the family? How's the obs? How's Brent? How's P? Good? Yeah, we're, we're just, uh, you know, we're, we're fighting through this like everybody else and, uh, you know, trying to stay healthy physically and mentally. I, I guess, uh, you know, the physical is the easy part, you know, it's trying to... Uh, keep your mental and, uh, and and everything in order is uh, is just as important. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, Dennis. You know, uh, with everything that's happened, you, you know, we, you get behind schedule and and you try to start making up things and and try to keep appointments that have been canceled from four and five months ago. And it's uh, you know kind of puts you in a in a different frame of mind. But uh, I, I I don't know. Hopefully uh, hopefully things start uh, turning around here and, and we find some good things coming in the in the near future. So, you know, looking forward to that. Yeah, because I'm a happy I'm a happy man who's at a point in his life where he's sated and and I get depressed once in a while. And I think, geez, if you're a young kid and you were about to score something and it went away because of this and now you're just in and they're telling you this isn't going to happen and that college loan is sitting there. I can see where it's depressing right now. I mean, for you, it must be like you were in the middle of the second set. You were up six to <laughs> two, uh, you know, three love, and uh, the rains came in at Wimbledon before the roof, and now you've been sitting uh, in the lo locker room for the next four months. Yeah, I, uh, I, I went through that plenty over there, and and uh, you know, you sit around and try to do the best you can, and 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 I guess uh, you know, I guess you want to compare it to that. That's that's uh, kind of what I'm doing here, just doing. You know, I, I've gotten into things over the past three and four and five months, Dennis, that I never thought I'd do. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten into... Yeah, the podcast. I had a blast. Yeah, the, the podcast is great. I get to do that with Brett and, you know, get to spend more time with him and 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 uh, talk about, you know, you know, most anything. I mean, you know, we're, we're not just limited to tennis, so, you know, a lot of that comes out and... And I've gotten into, you know, trying to learn how to cook a little bit just to take a, you know, take up a little of my time during the day. And, and, oh my God, then I got to admit to this, I'm even reading. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I've, I've gotten, uh, you know, you, you try to get through the day, but you know, the, I, I guess it's, it's, it, you know, to me, it's more or less like I'm, I'm being told that, that I can't do things. It's just the, uh, you know, when you have the option to get up and to go and to, to go have dinner someplace or, or go to the beach or, or do go to a movie or whatever, 
whether you do it or not, at least it's open in there. Now it's it's not so. So it kind of plays on uh, plays on my emotions a little bit. Yeah, that is a weird feeling. Well, listen, I know you. You got an agile mind, and you get fidgety if you're just plunked in a big chair being a. You know, somnambulant. <laughs> I, I, I have seen you. You can't do that. So I'm glad the pod work. I came over to do the pod one day to my friend Jim's house. They've got the coolest. It must be Brett. Maybe he's teaching Jimmy this stuff, too. But Brett's like David Sarnoff. I come in. It's like an NBC studio when they're doing radio. He's got everything wired. You sit down. He's got the best equipment. He's a amiable bloke, Brett. A little taller than Jimmy. I'm telling you, if he had his old man's uh, indeterminability, uh, indefatigability, he probably was serving down on him, man. He might have come over the top on you. Do you think he could have got the boys served back at some point, Jim? He's four or five inches bigger than you, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he, like my both my kids, uh, uh, I don't know where they got the height from. You know, our, our daughter's about 5'10", or a little bit better than that, bigger than that, and Brett's 6'4", so, you know, where the height came from is, uh, you know, going back a few generations. It came from Patty's statuesque beauty, my friend. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll give, I'll give that, too. <laughs> so the podcast, uh, who, who's been on? I had a blast. Who, who's been on besides me? Who Give me some of the other guests. Well, we had uh, we had Gary Player, uh, the the great South African golfer, and uh, yeah, I think he's a nine time uh, major championship winner on the, the regular tour, and he was in town for for, for a time. I uh, I got to see him and meet him, and uh, he came over and did the podcast. We oh had, my uh, God, we Jimmy Wade, we got to stop there for a second. I'm such a big fan of Player. Player was in Montecito. He he was he was in uh, Santa Barbara. He spent I think three three to four weeks here, uh, wow. and uh, he he loved it. And uh, I got to to spend some time with him. And uh, you know I, I met him a, a couple of times before, but had uh, had the pleasure of uh, going out and playing a, a round of golf with him and and uh, having some good conversation. Oh, and I, God, I threw out yeah. Dennis to come over and would you like to do the podcast? And and, and uh, he was uh, so kind. He came over and and spend an hour and 15 minutes with us. And uh, it was exciting. It was a, it was a great conversation. Jimmy, was he still, uh, was he still walking his swing down the, the thing? Does he still do that where he is follow through? He walks down the fairway a little. Dennis, he's 85 years old and he is in amazing shape. Uh, yeah, he did. I mean, he, it, it, I asked him about that and, and he did that for a short time then he kind of gave it up, but he, he still, I mean, it's a, he's so natural, you know, to, to talk to, to, you know, to watch his swing, to, to have him make a comment. I mean, he, he threw out more things that help, uh, that could help your golf game by accident <laughs> that, oh that if you were paying attention. It, it was, uh, and, and, and every hole was a different story. Where'd you go? Which course? We, we played Valley Club. Uh, the, oh, the, the members at Valley gave him uh, an honorary there, and and uh, with one of his friends, and I was lucky enough to to go and, and have a round with him. It was, uh, oh, it brother, was, it was I would have loved to walk on the Valley with you. And was it like the parting of the waters when Gary Player walks on? They must all be gobsmacked just to see him. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It really was, and and he he is the kindest man. Uh, it didn't matter, you know, how far away. I mean, he went up and spoke to everyone, you know, and spent spent time with them. Not just hey, how you doing, and, and go on. I mean, he, you know, had something to say to everybody. He, he is he is probably one of the uh, the the most genuine 
people person, people persons I've ever met. Yeah. Well, he has enough air miles to pay off our federal deficit, by the way. If he cashed he, his he air does. miles, then we'd be flush. <laughs> he does. Uh, and, and he uh, he talked about that uh, and and how you know back then traveling when he first started that you know that was uh, that was before the the jet era uh, <laughs> and and how coming from South Africa to to the states to play golf uh, was a you know three stops in forty hours and and traveling with you know four or five or six kids and you know and going through all that and you know how important uh, and know what a uh, what a wow, godsend wow. his wife was and how she handled. I mean, it, it, amazing, amazing, amazing conversations. And, wow, uh, what a great it was, guest! It was a lucky day. Yeah, what a great day. guest to have and a great friend to make. Anybody else from the world of sport? It's hard to get somebody as big as player, but who else from the world of sport have you had on the podcast? And folks, the podcast is the Advantage Connors podcast. He and his son, Brett, host. Talk about tennis, golf, gambling, the world. Uh, as you can see, the guests are premier guests, and it's an easy lope. I went over and do it. And something about Jimmy improves Brett's game a little, and something about Brett improves Jimmy's game a little. You're talking to a two-headed Connors Hydra, and it's been really <laughs> informed and really charming. So uh, I had a blast doing it. Who else from sports, Jim? Uh, we had Jeannie Buss, uh, the the owner of the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team, uh, who uh, who I've known for you know since uh, since that basically we're both kids, and and uh, she came up and, and spent some time with us and. You know, in uh, in today's times, with uh, you know playing basketball now in the bubble and uh, with the pandemic and how that was uh, you know affecting things and and uh, how they're getting through all of that and and you know how how they expect to come out of it, which was which was pretty interesting. But yeah. uh, you know, you 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 talk about the podcast, Dennis. I know you've done it for a long time. We we've talked about it, but to to be able to to do it with Brett, you know, for me is fun because we sit mm -hmm. down. And, and I hope you felt this way also. I mean, it, it's just like talking. It's a conversation. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, we're not there to blindside anybody or, you know, or to, you know, uh, you know, dig too deep. It's a conversation about, uh, you know, life and, you know, what you're, what you're doing now and how you're living your life and, you know, what you expect in your business and, and, uh, you know, but, but you're right. You know, for me, uh, Brett is, is, he's a reader. And 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 he, uh, he kind of reminds me of, of you a little bit. I mean, you you bring up a uh, six a, four a, handsome with a bullet serve. Thank you. Everything, <laughs> all of all of that. You know, but, but but how but how you you know if if you don't know you research, and you find out and 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 he and, and you're right. He ups my game and and fills me in and keeps me you know more current. I think than. Uh, uh, then, then mm -hmm. the, the, that's that's probably the most important thing, which is uh, which is a ball to do with it. It's good fun. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You know, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I had to give it up because as I grew older, I realized it was so full of sugar. And let's put it under the general heading: junk. <laughs> I wasn't sure I could eat it anymore. I've been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy food, and realized I basically can't eat much anymore. Christian, I, I, I don't know. Are you, hell, are you a brand nut guy in the morning, or are you uh a... No. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a half a rasher of bacon. And, uh, well, if you want to balance out eggs. your diet, listen to me talk about Magic Spoon, because <laughs> it's great cereal. Tastes great. Takes you back to your kids. It's uh, Captain Crunch if he was a medic. Let's put it that way. 
uh, zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three nut grams of carbs in each serving, four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and they don't cheat you on the flavor. I'm talking like you're going to pick this up and it's going to, you know, taste, all four of the flavors will taste the same. These have bang for their buck. Tastes amazing. It's, I think, too good to be true. Keto-friendly, gloop, 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 gloop. Sorry, I was drowning. Gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free, and uh, I'm the fruity type. And I like their fruity cereal, too. Go to magicspoon.com slash Miller to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Miller at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money and there will be no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Miller. Use the code Miller for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. So you talked to Jeannie about the bubble. By the way, Jerry Buss uh, invented the bubble all over Westwood. Around, there was around four to five bubbles at any given moment <laughs> under the great <laughs> isolated isolated environments that were kept pristine and safe. <laughs> but but what a, but what a time! What a time yes. that was. I mean, that, you know, back in. Uh, you know, I, I played team tennis, uh, you know, for the for the L.A. Strings in, in the early 90s and uh, played exhibitions for uh, at the forum when, uh, you know, the Lakers were playing at the old forum. And, and uh, that's when Jeannie uh, really started getting into it. Her, her yeah. dad, uh, Dr. Buss, gave her the, the tennis and in, in, uh, in, in volleyball franchise and and uh you know brought me in uh, to to play McEnroe in, in their first exhibition at the forum that she that she put on and and uh you know she brought that up and reminded me of it she says it was, and it was a sellout you know and and uh you know to me you know for her to remember that after everything that she's done with the Lakers and everything was pretty uh, pretty special it was pretty exciting yeah, off on the right foot. Dr. Buss would come to the forum for the two hours, and he'd uh, be the owner of the strings. And then the other 22 hours of the day, let's just say it was a no-strings-attached sort of existence. He wasn't afraid to live it. Uh, you know, he, no, he lived the big had, life. Did you have yes, Tyson on? Yeah, we did. The first podcast that we did uh, uh, to have a guest on was uh, was Mike Tyson. I had just come back from Florida, and, and they were starting to close down things in early March uh, when uh, when the pandemic uh, was was starting to come to the forefront, and and uh, we took a trip down to Palm Springs, and, and everything was canceled. They canceled the tournament, but Tyson came in, and and uh, you know he he agreed to do the podcast, so we went down there and, and sat with him, and uh, uh, and and had him on for I think he was there for an hour, fifteen, twenty minutes, and. What what a time with him! He is yeah. he is a unbelievable personality, uh, and and his you know but deep uh, and and the way the way he talked and what he talked about and and uh, his honesty and you know he he's not just you know the the guy that you saw in the ring. You know, mm-hmm. uh, 25 years ago or 30 years ago, I'm I'm, I'm sure you've met him also, Dennis. And he is a, he, he's a very complicated, complex, guy. but yeah, but very interesting is right. And and it was you know for our first guest on that was uh, that was a good start. Uh, and you know, and we were lucky enough to we had you, then we had Gary Player, and uh, you know we've had I had my friend Spencer Segura on, but not live. He was uh, he was on the phone, but you know with the with, with the way travel. 
has been kind of uh, stymied the last uh, you know number of months. You know we, you know we're looking to get out and, and to get around more football, baseball, basketball, go to the tennis tournaments, and you know and be there live and and try to grab some uh, some some good people to come on and uh, and talk to us also. So hopefully that's coming soon. Yeah, I, I I know I missed just what was normalcy, and I can't buy into the theory that this is the new normal. I just can't. I'm 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 hoping it's just a passage. We had a weird bug, got to deal with it. Probably been uh, weaponized a little. I think, and I just don't think it's as uh, it's not the black plague to me. But uh, we'll see. In the interim, I've been watching a lot of TV. I went back. I'm watching the ESPN Thirty for Thirties. They're un. Boy, you talk about a good touch, whoever was the, I know the filmmaker, Koppelman, uh, did yours. And it's, an, Jim, I watched it again about uh, the 91 Open, and it just gives you goosebumps just again. Are you 39 or are you 40 at that moment? No, I was, I was just 39. Uh, 39. I turned 39 uh, on, the, on that middle weekend when, uh, when I had that, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I still say it was the most watched tennis match ever in the history because every time there was rain at the open, they would play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so I turned 39 against, uh, Aaron Crickstein that day. And, and, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I look back at that Dennis, I, you know, we've, we've talked about that and, and it was, uh, it was a great 11 days, but, uh, it, it was, you know, when, when that tournament was over. I was ready to walk away. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I couldn't uh, do go through that anymore. I played a, a, another year on the regular tour, but I shouldn't have, I, I was chasing the dollar and, uh, and uh, you know, I had a, I had a six, pretty successful next year, but uh, I was willing to, you know, in my mind to walk away at that. Cause I, I couldn't put that kind of effort into it anymore. No. To, Jim, you, you know, couldn't. to try to keep up with kids that are, that are 15 years younger and, and bigger, stronger, faster, and, you know, and me trying to figure out a way to continue to compete. But still, uh, looking back, I mean, just just that you even remember that, you know, that's been 30 years later and, and uh, that it still comes up and is talked about, is uh, that, that, that's pretty special. Well, you don't talk to guys like you and say, watch the 30-30, for Christ's sake, you were living it. But I'm telling you, they really capture it beautifully. And I've been out enough with you in my life to know that, uh, and listen, I, I know you guys know you're, where you're at. All, all the greats I've talked to in any sport kind of know where they're at. But, uh, you know, it seems to me, even I can figure out as the ultimate layman, it just gets weird if you gush about yourself a little. But you're gracious enough to let me go on a little bit about you as we we walk. And folks, I'm, I'm telling you, when you look at Jimmy's record over the years, it is just unbelievable. And say what you, that all summed up in that match, you had to kill the guy. And uh, I say that with uh, the highest praise I can. You were going on the court and I don't even I don't care if you got up to, you know, you were going into the fifth set and you were 15 years younger than him. And you looked across the net. You're going to have to carry Jimmy out on his shield. And I absolutely love that when an athlete just gives you that look like, yeah, you might win this. But boy, am I going to take a chunk out of you? Right. Yeah. They had to pay the price, Dennis. If you beat me, that uh, you know. But but for me, it was it was uh, just the pleasure of going out and and trying to reach uh, as close to perfection as I could. You know, I never did. Uh, you know, and I, I think anybody in sports that ever says that they were perfect, you know, maybe that's once or twice in, in your lifetime. But uh, just trying to. 
to be that in every time because I, I always knew that the guys would rather beat me than win the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I said this to Mike Tyson, I said, I, I was a career maker that if you beat me, that, that kind of made your career. And, and, uh, and, and he looked at me like, you know, I never thought of that, you know, because if they ever beat Tyson, that was the same thing. That's all people talk about, you know, that mm-hmm. well, I beat Mike Tyson. And, and uh, but, but uh, the, the fun of it, you know, I, I, uh, I was taught by my mom, you know that, my grandmother, but, you know, I, I thank them every day for giving me something that I, I could wake up to and love to go to work, you know, and, 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 and enjoy it that much. Yeah, it could uh, tugboat you through a weird world, yeah. Hey, Jim, I, I was just trying, let me ask you this. I know the one year, the record was something crazy, like 99 or 102. If you had won those two matches, in your head, would you have then could you then have applied for perfection at least or uh at least for a year can you define perfection and you, i i say you never get perfect but I, if you'd won those two matches would what would have happened in your head would you allow you to say well i, I think that was a perfect year or would you have said i could yeah. have hit well you know that, that i've never i've never had that question asked before dennis and and you know just uh you know my my first thought of, of that 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 if if i would have gone through a perfect year, uh, would have would have been able to play the French, won the French, and then if I'd have continued on as I did and won Wimbledon in the US Open, I would have won the Grand Slam. And and if 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 I would have done that, I I wonder if I would have continued to work and to grind and to to go about it the way I did through the rest of my career. Yeah. You know, or, or maybe I would have thought, geez, I can't get any better than that. Maybe I should try something else. You know, well, I think I, I think long tenured perfection is obviously an impossibility. But I do think there are instants, moments, short, brief times, incredible seasons. And I think you were close to an entire perfect season there. We're talking to Jimmy Connors. And Jim, I know Jim loves his golf. I'm telling you, I saw something perfect last week. I hope you're watching Morikawa on the par, the drivable par four. I was thinking about you when he laid it in. It was so fucking beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, isn't it great to see uh, these young kids stepping up in golf? I, I, well, I love, I love that the I love that the number he dials up on his driver. You know, these guys have it down, folks, to like a, a yardage, and his driver's two ninety four. I mean, and you think about Bryson DeChambeau, and I listen. I admire what he's trying. I like outliers. It's a bit of a clunky looking game to me, but good for him. He's trying something fun. I think his drivers now he can probably call it a three thirty carry, but the perfect number for DeChambeau is two ninety four, and he just hits it two ninety four, and it's seven feet away. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any any time you you can step up and and he was under pressure too. Let's face it. You know he had to, you know, come down coming down the stretch. He had to make the shots and and uh, you know uh, performing when uh, when you're under the gun like that. I I love seeing that and you know and to see the young kids and and uh, stepping up against you know the the greats of the game like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and you know and, and uh, you know going down the list of all the guys who have been around uh, you know for you know 10 12 15 years and, and to step up and say I'm not going to wait for you to go I'm going to start coming at you now you know and start making my my name now and and and, and my reputation with you here I right. I love that and yeah. and uh, but 
and, 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 and to come through under the pressure. I mean, it could have been, you know, guys can crumble. Everybody's crumbled, you know, in, in every sport. And uh, no matter how great, I mean, there's, it, it happens to everybody. And, and uh, to, to see him come through and win that. And, and he seems like such a down to earth, uh, good young man. Yeah. Cool kid. Cool kid. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. You can get in a crash. People get hurt. People get killed. Let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics, some other statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes, 5-0. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You can get arrested, incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a driver, a sober driver, or call a taxi. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys away and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences, the horrifying consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Now, how, how are you hitting the ball, Jim? Often. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going tomorrow with Kenny Slot. I'm going to head out tomorrow. He invited me. And once, if I can break 100 tomorrow on 18, I'm going to call you and go out. I have, to, I have to at least get something. The last time we went out together, Jimmy had to file a restraining order against me. And a Childhood <laughs> Protective Agency came in. I was so all over the place. But I'm going to go out and play tomorrow, and I'll give you a report. And I saw a great Please. tip, Jim. This blew my mind. I was, I've been watching the Golf Channel, as per your advice, and I've been watching watching some of the training shows and i saw one by a british guy i can't remember his name it's a little scattershot the presentation but he did lay down around 10 good tips in a half an hour and he was talking about a little chip and run he had nothing but it was bermuda and he had around eight to ten inches of bermuda and he didn't want to putt it because he thought it put too many variables into place so he was going to do a chip and run he actually went all the way down to a six iron and then i thought this was a beautiful recommendation he was now people tell you to putt this all the time he's there and then people putt it with their grip that they use on an iron shot he said no no i'm talking about full bore putt this he said get your putter grip and putt this i had such a breakthrough on that and then he just clipped it just a putting stroke it gets its right. own ascension and it was onto the green and he finished it up i know they shoot 100 of them until they get the one right but it ended up around two feet away but that tip of just when you when you chip and run off the green like that do you do you go to your putting grip on an iron and clamp down on it or do you still use your swinging iron grip I, I, I use my uh, swinging iron grip. I'm, mm. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, my, my feel, I'm, I'm a better chipper than I am putter. So uh, if, I'm, if I'm even, you know, two or three feet just in the, in the light fringe around the green, I'll chip it. Uh, so, but but I, I, like, I like the feeling of, of uh, every, I know they all say get the ball, you know, the quicker on the green, the, the roll it like a putt and, and all that but, but you like uh, to send it halfway 
Yeah, yeah, or, or at least get it in the air a little bit over a lot of the the undulation if there is any, and and then and then watch it roll. But uh, uh, the problem is, Dennis, in the golf. I mean, I, I'm 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 trying to get better, but I'm more or less self-taught, and, and so to you know to get all the the little tricks of the trade, I, I haven't right. uh, I haven't really been uh, you know privy to all that. But uh, you know, I, I walked out of uh, after Gary Player left and. And uh, I was talking, you know, with uh, with Patty and, and and my son Brett, and I said, "Could you imagine spending a month with that guy? Oh, what fun! You know, where where your game would go, and and uh, just just from the little the little tricks that that uh, that he would give you by accident. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know that would be uh, that would be something special. But uh, you know, if I if I was to get any better, and and I'm probably as good as I'll, I'm going to get, but if I was to get any better, I would have to do that and. And uh, I just don't know if I'm willing to work that hard anymore. Well, listen, folks, when Jimmy talks like this, let me tell you, at any given moment, I'll say, what'd you shoot today? And it's like 75 or 73. And on a certain track, you know, I can hear low 70. And uh, so he shoots his ass off, and he's won the club championship up here a lot. All right, I'm going out to Sandpiper tomorrow, brother. I will give you a report. It was just from left field. Kenny said, you want to golf? I said, Oh, absolutely. I'll give that a tumble. So I'll give you a report when I get home tomorrow night and then we'll work out going over to the, uh, if you're, if you're available, if it's open. Oh, I don't think it's open. Is it? He ties closed everything down, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, Montecito country club is still closed. So, uh, yeah, you're going to Sandpiper. It's, uh, it, it, that's open. It's in good shape. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a good day. All right. Like a mini pebble folks. All right, my brother, I love you. Give my love to Pat and, uh, say hi to the kids for me. I will. My best to everybody. Now, keep keep it in the short grass, son. <laughs> I'll talk at you soon, Jimbo. Bye bye. Good talking to you. See you, Dennis. Bye. Bye. Uh, I, I, you know, he does. He doesn't. Uh, Jimbo's a familiar term with him. It took me a long while, and I, I would always call him Jimmy, and then I called him Jimbo one day, and I said, "Oh, I know you don't like that." He said, "Nah, nah." You see, I'm gonna grandfather you in because I'm so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy is a gamer, man. Uh, I miss hiking with him, but it, it's funny. We just got thrown off our... The main thing was I'd hike with him every morning, and then the COVID hit, and then we didn't hike for a while just because you're scared shitless. Uh, you, you know, at the beginning, nobody knows what it is, and they're kind of telling you, avoid everything. So that's a month there, and then my kid comes home, and he wants to hike in the late afternoon... And obviously it's a, you know, it's one of the weird sub blessings of this thing, which is so sad for so many people. A lot of kids have moved home and you have this unexpected uh, reconnection. Not that my boy and I were strange, but he's actually living there. So you're going to lunches, you're taking hikes and that. And then, uh, you know, it, it's been a while now. And I thought, geez, Jimmy and I are hiking every morning. And I probably only hiked with him around five times in the last four months. But the COVID threw everybody. I don't even want to call it the COVID. It actually gives it too much respect. The coronavirus. Christ, I'm watching Hard Knocks last night. And guys are actually trying to get laid with their pronunciation of COVID. And the COVID swept in. <laughs> it's like the new That's Amore or something. <laughs> you mind the virus? It's the full. Like a B-54, that's a rupture. We used to sing that in high school. Do you remember that variation on that Dean Martin song? When your balls hit the floor like a B-54, that's a rupture. 
When the Samegli hits your eye like a big pizza pie. You know, I could ask Jimmy for tennis stories again, but I've hit him hit on him for that for so much. Yeah. Much. I, I liked hearing his uh, golf tips. So uh, Hell of a golfer, man. Jesus, nobody gets down lower. You know, he really gets down there. It's almost like you're watching uh, Luther Lasseter cue up a snooker shot or something. He gets down behind it and uh, can, hits this fucking consistent fade. It's like the mechs used to, Trevino. Could you call him the mechs today? I don't know. The mechs used to hustle guys when he was playing those hard tracks in Texas. He would challenge guys to 18 holes, and he would play with only a Coke bottle. Is that the greatest hustle ever? And he never lost, he said. Ink gaffer that. tapes or electrical tapes of a Coke bottle. Tees off, hits all his shots with a Coke bottle, and wins. That's beautiful stuff there. The Max, that was a beautiful fade. I don't know if you remember that, folks. But, man, the same shot. Um, I know that Coop told me uh, that the, he, Alice Cooper said that he was playing with somebody who had taught him and he was hitting a draw now. But when I played with him, he hit a beautiful high fade almost every time. And uh, the Mechs made a living out of that. Lee Trevino, one of the greatest, under underrated greatest players in the history of golf. All right, so um, I'll, I'll, I will report honestly to you on Monday. I have a feeling that after playing 18 holes on Sandpiper, I'm going to have to get a tetanus shot because uh, <laughs> it is going to get ugly. I could hurt myself out there. Uh, but I'll give it a try just because it's good company, and I'll give a full report on how bad or good. What would I actually say? I've golfed once in the last five to six years. And probably in the last decade, five times. Uh, the last time I did it was with Jimmy. I butchered it. I hit a couple sweet shots. You know, that's golf. What a what a siren calling you on the rocks. I hit a couple good shots. And you, when you crease it, you think, oh, that click is great. But that happens so infrequently for me. If I can go out to Sandpiper tomorrow and break 105, I'll be happy. Sorry to say that, folks. I know you're thinking, <laughs> you can't break 105. But I haven't golfed in a long time, and Sandpiper's no gimme, as I remember it. Uh, if I get in the double digits, I'll be over the moon. And uh, I'll, I'll see you on Monday, and I will give you an honest number. It's one thing I always admired about my golf game. I'm not, I, I do not cheat. I count every stroke till it's in the uh, thing. And I'm not neurotic about it or fascist. If a guy says that's good, I take it. But I never initiate that thing or give them the puppy eyes, you know, uh, to get the gimme. And I just keep hitting it till it's in the hole, and then I count it. I have played with cats who do every variation on the planet, man. You go in. I've had guys go into the tree line, uh, and they made more noise in there than Weyerhaeuser on a rush order. And then you'd meet them at the green and say, uh, what'd you get? And then as soon as they start counting on their fingers, you know, you're fucked. They know what they sh they've got. Everybody knows what they've got in their head. When they do one and they start pointing at spots they've been, like a travelogue, they're fucking you. And after, you know, hearing them in their chop, 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 and they, yeah, I got a six. And you think, Christ, you got a six when you're out of the womb, pal. 
So I've seen it all on the golf course. But uh, so I've always said to myself, I'm going to be a shitty golfer. I'm going to be an accurate shitty golfer. And indeed, I am. And that's why I, a few humans on earth, have actually lost to Charles Barkley in a golf match. And Charles, at that point, had the yips so bad, he had a complete aortic valve explosion on his backswing. He would go back and stop, and we'd go to a commercial, come back, and he would get stuck back there. It was so weird uh, for sometimes two or three seconds, start to tremble, and then it was almost like uh, convulsive. It, it was like bulimia, where he, he, his swing was not metronomic, but rather binge and purge. And then he could hit the ball pretty well, but he got stuck back there. And he said to me, this is so fucked up. He said, I don't even know what I'm scared of. And I said, Charles, it's just the yips. And I said, you should be thankful, man. That could have been on your free throw stroke. Can you imagine? At least you transposed it to some B story that you could give a shit about. You're, you're not a golfer. I said, you are arguably one of the 20th greatest NBA players who ever lived. And if you had this on your stroke, you'd be, they'd look back on you like a heartbreak. That freed him up a little. Honest to God, for the next few holes, he played less uh, freaked out because I think that resonated with him. That Listen, man, when the shit comes down on you, the shit really comes down and you don't control the shit. You can ask Steve Stacks. You can ask uh, Steve Blass. Uh, you can ask Ben Hogan, uh, when it's like an earwig with an athletic endeavor, you know, you've had a song, my Sharon or something stuck in your head for a week and a half. And you're thinking, Christ, I'm going to go crazy. Well, that's the yips, but it's about what you make your money with, be it the flat stick or be it the rock. And when it comes to visit, man, it is a bear. You can see it with Jordan Spieth now a little. I think Spieth stepped up to that par 3, 12 at Augusta, three-stroke lead, last day, plunks two, if I'm not mistaken, at least one, and he sort of flanged them out to the right. It wasn't a full-bore, uh, what do they call that, Christian? Uh, shank. It was it was shank adjacent. It was shank 90210, and uh, I think his mind's been a little blown since, so... And then you start sweating it. How do I get it back? You can see he's trying to get it back through hard, hard work. And, you know, instead of a swing coach, he might have to have a Zen Buddhist come in or a Tim Galway, the inner game of tennis, somebody like that, and just say to re reclaim it, you have to let it go. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, yeah, well, I've got a contract with Nike for $10 million. I can't do the Spencer's gift poster thing. i got to grind. And at some point he's going to realize, I think, the grind and uh, the, the Rube Goldbergian contraption he set up in his head to hit all his swing points is what's fucking him up. It looks like that from afar. He'd probably be better going out and saying, okay, I'm going to go out and shoot 80 today deliberately and walk off with a 68 and go, I couldn't. All right, so uh, I don't know why I'm talking golf today. Oh, because I'm going to golf tomorrow. So I'll give you a report, and I'll be honest. And Christ, if I come in at 1.30... I might lie then. I'm just being candid with you. <laughs> yeah, one twenty nine. Yeah, you know, if it's uh, <laughs> if I come in with that big guy from Mice and Men score, you know, Lenny, and uh, <laughs> killed three rabbits in my bag on the way in, I might have to I might have to color it a little. 
Hey folks, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. It comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even in the gym. Listen, we all know somebody who smokes, and we all love somebody who smokes. you got to get them off it. And if this helps, then you've got to get them on it. Think of those flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, and then think about what they smell like after they've had their cigarette. The time is now. It's 2020. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has the delivery thing down. The Dennis Miller Option listeners go to lucy.com. CO and use promo code Miller to get 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code Miller at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.com and be sure to use that promo code Miller. All right. What's on the voicemail? Well, let's go with uh, voicemail number one, Chuck from Michigan. Just wanted to thank you for your show. I've actually been a long-time listener since the radio show. Appreciate you entering into the world of the pod. Give us a little more flexibility to dial in. And, uh, man, these past few months, you have been a blessing. Your show has provided a much-needed outlet during these past few months. Appreciate you know, just your general sense of humor, the chemistry between you and the team, Christian and Lindsay, and uh, just really look forward to, uh, you know, every time uh, a new show hits. Hopefully uh, you guys do the uh, the third show soon in the week. Look forward to that as well. Keep up the great work in the meantime. Beautiful. Thank you, my friend. Boy, people love you too. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It, I mean, you know, there's occasional sucky people who, sure. uh, you know, just are going to, John Kasich is going to call in and say, I don't pay to listen to... <laughs> That young harpy, short old, but shut up. It's so strange because it's the only part of my life where anyone likes me, so I don't know how to handle it. Oh. Christ, Christian, I wish I could probe you deeper uh, in a sexual way. No, yeah, of course. I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> I, I love you too much to try to figure out too much. You know, I do love you, but I, I often think you're like as funny as it gets. I guess it just came down to. Uh, at some point, showbiz is hard, and then you found out the true uh, Emmy Grammy. You have the two. You have a sexy, beautiful wife who loves you, and two of the most beautiful, fun kids ever. So when I sit here and I think, God, Christian is so funny. I mean, you're funnier than guys I know who have made it. Like I won't say their names. I don't want to get into that weirdness. But I guess you just uh, you found the perfect chord, as they say. You you've got your life balanced, and boy, those kids. But every time Christian sends me a picture, I'm sort of melt on the floor. 
<laughs> I'd leave it all tomorrow if it meant a web series on ComedyCentral.com. So uh, I think you have the <laughs> wrong read you'd on me. You'd abdicate your yeah. family. Yep. 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 Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, so, that makes uh, me melt on the floor even more. <laughs> But indeed, and Lindsay, uh, something intoxicating about Lindsay's laugh, and also she's such a sweet, uh, you know, she reminds me I'm such a cranky fuck at some points. It reminds me that there are truly sweet, fun people out there, and not everybody who's uh, sweet is, uh, you know, like uh, saccharine. I guess there's a fine line there. Uh, and Lindsay makes me laugh uproariously, but, but she's such a good heart. So anyway, I'm so glad when people write... Uh, call in and say that they enjoy our banter because uh i'm glad they do because i don't i hate it i hate giving up any piece of the pie even a sliver i hate giving up the uneaten crust off the crumble but i do it so i can fake like i am as nice as them what else we got christian i love you (laughs) i tolerate you voicemail number two ron from dayton ohio I just had to call. I, I just turned 68 years old, and at least half of that time I've enjoyed Dennis Miller making me laugh. One of the things the vid has done, I've had a little spare time, and I've been looking at some, listening to podcasts and, and found the Dennis Miller option, which I'm enjoying quite a bit. So thank you for doing that. Continued success, and I, I look forward to every Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks, guys. Beautiful. 68. I'm 66. Dayton boy. Uh, Don May comes to mind. There was a couple. They gave UCLA a run one year. Am I mistakenly remembering that? I used to be a college basketball addict. And I think I remember the Dayton Flyers. Don May. And he might have had a twin brother on there. But it was one of those weird things where somebody says, this is my twin. And, you know. They don't look anything like you. Uh, there's some name for it. Fraternal twins, I think. Anyway, I think I remember two Mayboys on there. And if he's my age, he must remember that squad. So oftentimes when I hear cities, I will re- be reminded of uh, great moments in college basketball history. I, I hear uh, the Tar Heels from uh, North Carolina. I always think of, they had a team with a cat named Larry Miller. I believe that was his name. And uh, they came into Pauly, and I think they met up against uh, Wooden's boys in the final. And if I'm not mistaken, some, I think the U-Clans threw a 103-69 spot on him in the final. There was a few years there when you you were convinced that the, the, the UCLA Bruins could have beaten <laughs> Beating some NBA teams. They were such a devastation. And Lou was beautiful out of Power Memorial. Becomes Kareem, I think, second or third year. But he's Lou. He's a freshman. They still have freshman ball at that point. If you can believe that, Lou Alcindor, I, I don't think, plays varsity his first year. And they have a no-dunking role. And uh, I don't know if they thought that they were... Uh, so Lou slash Kareem institutes something that's more predictably down than a dunk, the skyhook, the greatest offensive weapon in the history of the game. And uh, I don't think he births that if, if he's just down low and they're feeding it into him like the stilt who would go up and finger roll or just tomahawk it through. But uh, they did Lou a favor outlawing the dunk in college basketball for a little bit because uh, he developed that shot just 
who was that team? It was Lucius Allen, uh, Mike Warren, who goes on to play on Hill Street, I think. Handsome Black Cat. And I think his kid is named Cash Warren, and he's married to the girl who started as like a mogul with the authentic goods or something like that. Sorry, I'm just free associating here. Uh, at the forward positions, I think it was Lynn Shackelford, and uh, I'm blanking on the other forward for that team. But uh, that was the year they played, I think his sophomore year, and they ended up playing Elvin Hayes in the in the Houston Astrodome. And it was on pay-per-view. I think I went to see it at the Melrose Theater. There's like 55,000 people there. Somebody's eyeball scratched. That sticks in the back of my head. Guy Lewis trots out a team of Theotis Lee and Don Chaney, who ends up going to play with the Celtics' uh, um, Elvin, who's absolutely a piece of work, uh, Elvin, the great Elvin Hayes. Guy Lewis Jr., if I'm not mistaken, a point guard. And I'm blanking once, once again. You see my memories. I used to have this stuff locked down, man, and I can't remember who the fifth guy was for Houston, but that was a hell of a ball game. And Houston ends up beating them during the season, I think because Kareem's eyes scratched. And then they come back later and kick their ass in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. All right, well, I'm just going through my mental faculties, and all I come away from that thinking is, why can't I remember Kenny Spain? Kenny Spain, oh. Theotis Lee, Don Chaney, Guy Lewis Jr., Elvin Hayes versus Lou Alcindor, Mike Warren, Lucius Allen, Lynn Shackelford, and possibly a cat named Schofield. That's what I remember. Maybe Terry Schofield. Anyway, Christian, what else you got? Uh, a couple more voicemails. This one is from a lady. Voicemail number three, Amy lady. from Rochester, New York. You I really just wanted to call and encourage you guys and tell you how much I appreciate uh, listening to your show. Dennis Miller Option has been a highlight of my quarantine during the time of COVID. Um, and as a bonus, it conjures up memories of watching your weekend news segment on SNL with my mom years and years ago. And as a new re-diagnosed cancer patient, brain cancer, um, I just want to, again, say thank you. So grateful for the minutes that I can tune everything else out and just listen to your show and uh, be entertained and just hear stories that uh, make me smile. Well, thank you, sister. I hope she's okay. Did she say she's on the other side of cancer? I think she said, or she's in the middle of re re-diagnosed. So I think she's uh, currently uh, fighting it. What was her name? Did we have her name? Yeah, Amy from Rochester, New York. Amy. Well, I say my nightly prayers. I'll send up uh, one of my best ones tonight, and hope you get on the other side of that, uh, the big C. Sorry to hear that, though. That's sweetie to take time out, as you got other things on your mind, and uh, I'm glad it harkens back memories to. Uh, SNL. You know, Christian, I, I took no upfront money on SNL uh, at the beginning. I struck the wisest deal. Uh, oddly, though, I know you're going to say, well, what did you take back in? Profit participant? No. Yeah. I demanded COVID antibodies. Even back then, that was... <laughs> A big Jeroboam sure. of COVID antibodies. Look, and I, Lauren has a lot of things in that office. That wouldn't surprise me if, what was that, 1985? And they were worth nothing then. Yeah. He said, oh, Christ, I have a 
overstock of <laughs> I was just about to call Groupon that doesn't exist and get rid of some of this. I said, no, 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 you keep your money. I need your money. Give me some of those COVID antibodies. And they're occasional. Well, listen, let's face facts. I'm a little gratuitous with it. Watch, you remember the night I had you, all your friends over, all my friends, and I'm sorry to say I made it rain with COVID <laughs> antibodies. You okay there, Weezy Jefferson? What about- it, was, it was just uh, happy memories. What a night. Anytime that there's a memory where you're making it rain, uh, you know, it's hard not Jesus. to laugh. Then Pac-Man Jones came in and big-timed uh, me. He sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to one more voicemail on the way out. Uh, uh, voicemail beautiful. number five. Our friend Chad from Canyon Lake has a thought for us. Any idea why abbreviation isn't any shorter? of a word um i've been struggling here i haven't had any um any airtime in a while so hopefully that will put me over the edge thanks bye i love that joke brother it's great why isn't there a shorter version of the word abbreviation <laughs> i would t- i would tell that a stephen wright would stephen wright in his heyday comes out on the tonight show hits the star does a couple feeders because it's not a it's not like a you know Reggie Jackson off the generator blast that joke, but two killer jokes in that's an 85 percenter and that kills if it's placed right. I can just hear him in that flat tone. Why isn't there a shorter word for abbreviation? <laughs> kills, right? Definitely. <laughs> I remember I got to the point with Steve where I told him I'd cracked his code and it happened in the space of a second where he said, I went ice skating. And I'm in the crowd in my head as I watched him. I'd watched him for years. I love him. He's a genius, a fun guy, nice man. But uh, I thought I heard, I got into his voice and just heard myself saying, on the other side of the ice. And then he said, on the other side of the ice. And I said, okay, I kind of get the... uh, the rubric here i used to you know when i had guys writing for me for hbo they uh, that was one thing i provided with i had that indignation what am i arcane reference with a nasal ratatat so they had something to write <laughs> through and feldo told me that he would get into that so if, we're, if a guy has a strong persona on stage and right obviously one of the strongest ever in the history of comedy i, I could get to the point where i kind of understood where the joke was going, but then periodically he'd throw you left, you know, threw you lefts. And I know he's thought of as a classicist and Seinfeld used to throw the best lefts. I'm telling you, there's a, there's truly a, uh, what, what, what word do I want to say here? Like a surrealist or there's a, he's, he, you know, a lot of the jokes, listen, he's, he's in, in, on Mount Rushmore as far as a comedian. Uh, some of the jokes uh, I can see, not many though, and occasionally something that just makes me step back and go, fuck, I could have sat my whole life and never thought of that. I mean, really takes your breath away. That joke about the parakeet flying into the mirror is just a genius joke because he prefaces, I, I think, saying that they don't have much padding on their forehead, which is a brilliant thing. You know, <laughs> Parakeet gets out of cage, not much padding on the forehead, flies headfirst into a mirror, thinking it's a window. He said, oh, I can understand the bird, the, the, the small bird not understanding the difference between uh, window and mirror. All that being said, would he not make an effort to avoid the oncoming bird? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, think about that. Oh, that joke is just, he's a genius, man. Jerry's a genius. I haven't talked to him in ages. I think I might have pissed him off one night where I was at a Mets game. And I was I had great seats, but Jerry was in the uh, Nero box. You know, he's got his own box back there behind home plate. I was walking up. I saw him sitting there. And we hadn't seen each other in years. And we smiled and hugged. And I went in and visited him in the box. And he talked about me being on the show. Uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Comedians in rickshaws getting matcha or something. Nah, this was the next. He does one for South America. Comedians in rickshaws getting matcha. That's a good one, too. <laughs> I had just seen that he was, they had advertised he was going to have Brian Williams on, for God's sake, Brian Williams, and I hadn't been on the show yet. I never ended up doing a show. I think he ran out of comics, but uh, he said, hey, why don't you come on and do the show? And I said, well, listen, uh, you, obviously you've got to do Scott Pelly first, but if once you get him out of the way. <laughs> And I laughed, thinking he'd laugh, and I, but I never, I never heard from him again. So You've told me that, that story before, but not this part of it. <laughs> but I, I haven't. He never had me on. No, I, I thought you just said that. Yeah, but I'm talking to you right now. Who cares about the show? <laughs> but I didn't know about the Brian Williams Scott Pelly part. <laughs> and he said, "Well, come on the show." I said, "Yeah, I, I will." As soon as you knock Scott Pelly out. All right. I hope I see him again in Mets ball sometime in the next 10 years or I don't even. 20. You know, Will Pond's taking it seriously. He's got COVID masks on the Jackie Robinson statue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll give you a heads up on the golf next time. Hey, we're all in this. <laughs> Can't even do it. Hey, folks. Yeah, let me get somber for a second. This is every commercial. This is a commercial for Foot Locker. Hey. <laughs> We're all in this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. It's so full of shit. We've never been less in it together. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>